morning, everyone. Morning. Sorry about that. You know, no, it's all, right. it's all right. Normally, the preacher would say, thanks, team, that was great. But it's weird when you're in the team to thank yourself. Thanks, uh, Susie and Dan, that was great. Uh, well, again, good morning, welcome. If you don't feel welcome, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, my welcome welcomes you. A second welcome. You've got me this morning, uh, Nathan and Susie are away this weekend, uh, they're in Melbourne officiating a wedding, so it's not bad, two weeks holiday at home and then uh, a weekend away, it's a pretty good deal for them. Nah, we, we wish them a relaxing weekend, no COVID because I hear that's rampant in Melbourne. So we're continuing this morning in this series of uh, Jesus Says, now I believe this is the last week, maybe the second to last. Not because we've run out of things that Jesus said, but because we feel there's some other stuff in the Bible that's worth uh, having a look at as well. But we could talk forever on things that Jesus said. And so the verses I'm speaking on this morning, uh, some of you would have heard a lot before. In fact, I would imagine most of you would have heard a fair bit. But I was saying to Sam yesterday that this final verse, and the one I want to pull out and that be the one that I speak on, I think I must have heard a million times, but I've never noticed it before. And it could now be my favorite Bible verse, maybe second favorite. I might get it tattooed. That's how, <laughs> that's how important it is. Uh, so it's Matthew 6, 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Now, it's not a particularly encouraging verse, right? Uh, but at the same time, I actually find a lot of comfort in it. Uh, because God's not saying, or in this case, Jesus is not saying that there's going to be no troubles. He's saying that tomorrow's troubles are going to come, but today's troubles are enough for today. But don't fear because I'm with you. I've, we've got this. And so the verses preceding this one uh, unpack some of that. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, so we're going to, if you want to follow along in your Bible or your phone or wherever, it'll be on the screen. Matthew 6, starting at verse 25. And it says this, That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, what you, whether you will have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I like that verse too. And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work and make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow's will bring its own troubles. Today's troubles are enough for today. Let's pray real quick. Um, Jesus, we just pray that you would uh, open our hearts, open our minds to hear from you this morning, um, that the words uh, that you've put on this page um, 
would be a, a relevant message to us this morning that we would hear with our ears and process with our minds, messages to take away from here. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, just a quick show of hands. Who's heard those verses before? Yeah, it's good at least. Not, well, it's 75%. That'll do. That's a pass mark at least. <clears throat> Life is built on the little things. We've heard this spoken before, right? Life is all about the little things. And I spent some time this week writing down what some of the little things are for me, some of the things that make life happy and joyful. Uh, And it was actually harder than I thought it would be, I'm not going to lie. Not because there's none, but because there's so many, it was hard to narrow it down. But I've managed to pick three that I'm going to share with you. The first is, when I walk through the door at the end of the day, if... Oh, that picture can go on the screen. Um, Our dog, Sven, is always excited to see me. Always. Doesn't matter what kind of day I've had. Doesn't matter what kind of day he's had. He comes bounding down the hallway if he's not already at the garage door. uh, Tail wagging and he's just happy to see me. And it fills my heart. We have a real uh, love-hate relationship because he destroys a lot of our stuff. I still love him then, um, but sometimes I hate that he just destroys our stuff. But anyway, when I walk through the door and he's there, that fills my heart. The second thing uh, is a sunny Sunday afternoon, just being outside. Does anyone else love that? We, I think I've shared this before. We've finished a lot of our landscaping at home. So this summer, we've been able to enjoy the outdoors. Uh, and there's something about a weekend afternoon that's hot and just sitting out, just being outside, sitting there, nothing to do but just enjoy the birds chirping and the bees buzzing. <laughs> it, it's a good time. And, and if you haven't done it before, I encourage you, just go sit outside with no intention to do anything but sit there. Uh, it's good. Now, this third one is controversial, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Some of you will have no idea what this is like. Some of you will never know what it's like, by choice, I'm sure. But one of the things that fills my heart is after a long, hard day's work, typically with my hands outside, maybe building something or digging something, is the first sip of that beer at the end of the day. Now, I don't want to press into that too hard, right? But, now I share this for two reasons. A, because of that beer. But B, because most of the time when I share that moment, I'm sharing it with my dad. We do a lot of stuff outside together and there's something about uh, that moment at the end of the day when we just know it's time. Sometimes it comes earlier than we thought it would, but... I savour those moments. They're, they're cherished between us. Uh, and they, they fill my heart. And it's little moments like that that make life worth living. But in the, in the same turn, it can also be little things in life that actually take so much from us. And if we're careful and, and we don't uh, consciously look out for it, the little things can rob us of so much. Little things that Jesus is talking about in these verses, the little worries, the little anxieties... 
uh, over small things in life, but when there's lots of them, they can take a lot from us. In the 1970s, some of you were around, I know, um, and you may have heard this story before, but the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts in America had a gift shop. Now, I'm sure it still has a gift shop today, but had one back then. Typically, not typically, mainly run by volunteers. There were two staff members. Everyone else was a volunteer in the gift shop. And as was typical of the 70s, there were cash drawers, wooden drawers with cash in them, as opposed to a cash register that was locked with a key. Now, for a gift shop that was run by volunteers, very low overheads, it made quite a tidy profit. Uh, in an average year, it would turn over about $400,000 from this gift shop. Now, for the 70s, that was nothing to, to scoff at. When it came time to do the books, uh, you know, put the taxes in, the two employees sat down to look at, at the profits for the year, and they realized that someone had been stealing money from the gift shop. I know. To the sum of $150,000, a big amount of the store's profits. And so they, they set out to investigate who was embezzling money, uh, thought to be from the cash drawers. And what was found out was there was actually no one person stealing. In fact, it was dozens and dozens of volunteers taking gifts, small things, T-shirts, souvenirs, uh, things to give to family or, or as payment that they felt because they were volunteering. And in fact, it was many people taking a small thing that equated to a third of the store's profits being lost. I thought that was incredible when I heard that, that, that so many small things could amount to such a big loss for the store. And the same thing can happen in our lives, right? When we let these small anxieties and these small worries into our lives, over time, the many small things can take a big chunk from us. I don't know if you've ever sat when you're feeling good, because I know we all have peaks and trough of, troughs of life, sat in one of the good times and thought about all the times you worried over something that was so silly. Can your worries add even a single moment to your life, well, no, they can't. And in fact, they're more likely to take moments from your life than anything. But fear not, uh, Jesus says in these verses. He's, he's outlining some, some basic worries that we have in life, food, clothing, uh, what will we drink. But he says, don't worry because God is a provider. And in fact, the... The Bible is full of examples of where God has provided for his people. Genesis 1, uh, 20, verse 29, he says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. A little bit further on, Genesis 9, Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. Jesus knew the need of Adam and Eve before they did, and he provided food for them. He's a provider. Before they even knew what they were missing, he knew and he provided it. Number 16, the Israelites are on their exodus from Egypt, traipsing across the desert, and they run out of food and they start to get worried and stressed. What are we going to eat? 
In, in fact, so worried that they start to say, well, we would have been better off to just die than be here. And in verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven. The people were to go out each day and gather it, enough for that day. God saw the need of the people and he provided. And he provided enough for that day because tomorrow will bring its own troubles. Let's focus on today in that moment. We serve a God who loves us and, and who knows our needs and provides for us in those times. Now, how is he going to provide for you in your particular circumstance? Well, that's not for me to say. Uh, that's for God. Sorry, I'm holding my hand on the wrong spot. That's for God to, to say. Is he going to rain down bread into your backyard? Possibly. Is he going to provide through the community you surround with you, you surround yourself with? Probably. In fact, this community of people right here is a community of people who want to help each other. The Australian way, right, is to help your neighbour. You see someone in need uh, and you help them. That's just part of what we do here, whether we know them or not. Uh, and we're fortunate enough, particularly in this community of people, um, to have many people that want to help each other, that want to provide for each other, that have an excess of food to be able to give you, that have an excess of clothing to be able to give you. We just watched a video of the Salvation Army as a whole, uh, a people who give to the needs of others, people we've never met, people who we may never see uh, in real life or never see the true impact our giving has, but we serve a God who sees their need and, and acts on it through other people, through our friends, through our family, through our church community, uh, and even through strangers we meet on the street, conversations we have with people that um, can give us something even though we may not be seeking it. In fact, we're so fortunate here in just in the country that we live in to have the services that we have, right? There's, there's so much more that can be done in, in the homeless community and the homeless sector and, and all of those outreaches, but there is also stuff that is currently being done, right? If you're homeless in Adelaide, it's not that hard to get a meal most nights of the week. Now, I appreciate that there's some hoops you've got to jump through, but our God is a God who provides to us. And there's something important that I, I feel some people don't speak about when they're looking at these verses, right? And I don't think it's controversial, but if you do, well, too bad. Uh, if you've ever researched the Bible and looked for a Bible commentary on Google, I guarantee you, you would have seen Matthew Henry come up, right? I don't know, he, he must just be the most popular commentary. It is quite good at times, a little dry. But he, he had a really interesting thing to say on, uh, on these verses, and this is a small excerpt of it. But there is a carefulness about worldly things, which is a duty to us though we must not carry these lawful cares too far. There's a duty on us as believers and followers of God to steward the things we have. Sam said earlier today he believes that everything he has come, came from God. So in turn, it's, it's worthy to understand that everything we have comes from God and we are stewards of the things he's given us. 
And so it's important for us to steward the opportunities we have, to steward the, the things that we are given from God. Again, the Bible is full of examples of good stewards. Leviticus, we're reading again about Moses. Um, the Lord said to Moses, go and, and farm the land for six years, and on the seventh year, don't farm it. It needs to rest, because our God knows what the land needs as much as he knows what we need. And Moses went and told the people to farm it for six years and give the ground rest on the seventh year, because he was stewarding the land that God had given him to look after. And as a result, it produced good things. The story of, of Joseph, uh, those of you who don't know, Joseph had some brothers who didn't like him, sold into slavery. Uh, great story, check it out. Anyway, he finds himself in charge of a house. He is the steward of a house. And although Joseph's uh, circumstances at that time were pretty terrible, the way that he'd been treated in life was pretty terrible, he took his stewardship of that house seriously. He was a good steward over the things that were given to him. And so it's, it's our job as followers of Christ to, to steward the gifts that we're presented with, to steward the opportunities, to steward the opportunities in school, in, in work, uh, whatever they look like, the small amounts of food we may have access to. It's our job to, to look after that. Our God is a God who knows us and loves us and, and will provide for us. It's our job to look after the things that he provides for us. What money we have, what access to food we have. And it's also our job as a faith community to identify where we have access. Where what we have can benefit someone else. We would agree with that, right? Where what we have can benefit someone else. Now, I should have said this right at the start, but we're really not here for a long time this morning. In fact, we're almost there. I'm, I'm going to invite um, Susie and Dan to come, and we're, we're going to finish this morning with another song. I'm, I'm not there yet, but you guys come now. And we'll... God encourages us to be good stewards over these things. The little things are what gets us through in life. The little things can take from us, but Jesus says in these verses not to worry. He gives us the what not to be worried about, but he also gives us the how. How do we not worry about those little things in life? And the how is, is really simple. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But our Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and He will give you what you need. It's so much easier to identify the good things in our life when we're putting God first, right? And, and I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but... We've talked about this before at church about the blessings being in the burden, right? We need to find the good things in the bad times. 
Can I tell you this morning that it's so much easier to find the good things in the bad times when we're leaning heavily on God. When God is, is at the forefront of our mind in that space, the bad things really don't seem that bad. Today's troubles are enough for today. Tomorrow will have its own troubles. So this morning, we're going to spend a few minutes putting God first. But I want us to just pray for a bit. Sounds lazy as the preacher to spend a bit of time just praying, but it's what we're going to do. And I want us to identify a couple of things uh, in ourselves, and then we're going to sing again. But I want you to search your mind, search your heart, search your life for the little worries. There may be many, there may be a few, there may be one, there may be none. But this morning I want us to identify the little worry that's taking a lot from us. And I want us to give that to God because He says, our worrying can't add a moment to our life. So why will we spend time doing that? When we have a God who wants us to live free and to live a, a full and happy life, why would we spend time worrying about those little things? I also want us to, to search our hearts and search our lives to see if there is excess. Is there something in our life that we have that could be benefiting someone else? To be a good steward is to know what we have and to know what we need and to know what we can give away. And I appreciate that this morning it may not be like that for everyone. There may be people here uh, who are struggling in some way with food, with clothing, with what we're going to drink. And if that's the case, well, then I encourage you to speak to anyone in this room this morning because we want to help you with that. We have provision to help you with that that has come from God. So we're just going to spend a few minutes right now praying over those things. What are the little worries Where's the excess in our life where we can benefit someone else? Let's do that now.
we thank you that we're encouraged by your word and that you you ask us to bring uh, the things that weigh us down before you. And so this morning we bring the little anxieties and the little worries to you, Lord. We pray that you would break them off from us in, in Jesus' name. That we wouldn't carry those little things that could rob us of so much. thank you that you're a good father that sees us, that sees our needs before we even know what they are. Your heavenly father already knows all you need. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And and we just pray that as we continue uh, on our faith journey, that we would continue to lean on you to see those times when we're in need. And that we would have the courage and the faith to be able to reach out when we need help. But we thank you that you you see us where we are, exactly what's happening in our life, and you know what we need in those moments. We thank you that we have times of life where we have an excess of things that we can give to the benefit of others. We pray that we would continue to be good stewards of the things you've given us in life, seeing where we can use those to help build your kingdom, Lord. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.